0: Our team included. Esteban Duplantier, chief diver. Our senior statesman, my closest colleague for 27 years. Klaus Daimler, 40, engineer. Calm, collected, German. Vikram Ray, 28, cameraman. Born on the Ganges. Bobby Ogata, 22, frogman. Renzo Pietro, 45, editor, soundman. Vladimir Wolodarsky, 33, physicist, original score composer. Anne-Marie Sackowitz, 25, script girl. Pele dos Santos, 30, safety expert. Eleanor Zisu, my wife, vice president of the Zisu Society. We had also invited seven marine science students from the University of North Alaska to accompany us as unpaid interns in exchange for school credit.
1: Okay,
0: oh. right now. Hello and welcome, welcome and hello. This is wait you haven't seen, and it's a show where we talk about movies, and specifically, we talk about a movie at least one of us has never seen before. I am your host Travis, aka TV's Travis. This is episode number two hundred twenty-five, and the movie we're talking about this week is The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Joining me because both of them had seen it and been badgering me to watch it. First, my co-host on Those Were the Days and the Voice of Acquilo, it's Amy Frost. I was
2: appalled. That you had not seen this movie
0: (laughs) well we we fixed that also here because he too could not believe i hadn't seen it from the botched podcast it's phil keating phil how you doing
3: uh i'm all right i've been badgering you about this for almost two years uh to get this under your belt i'm glad that nobody came in to like swoop this under me uh so i'm just glad you gave me excuse to watch my favorite movie uh three times in a row this week
0: (laughs) so i always like to start things off and i will start with the two of you since you have a history with this movie phil you said this is your favorite movie when did you first see this was it in theaters kind of give me some background on it. uh
3: 2004 december 25th i saw this opening day on christmas um <clears throat> you know i was an, uh, a wee 17 year old lad who was too go- cool to go to Jersey with his parents on Christmas uh Catholics love that when you decide you want to do something other than go see the family on Christmas so my best friend and his father called me up and we're like hey we're gonna go see this new Bill Murray movie uh why don't you come with us I think it'll be a fun time and so we got to see this opening night and as soon as like the movie started I was just I was in and I remember that when the DVD came out I was in art school in college and like I had a tower records right across from my apartment and so like I knew exactly midnight this movie's coming out uh I'm gonna go down there I had a very difficult decision because make believe by Weezer and the Life Aquatic both came out on the same night but I didn't have (laughs) enough money to get both so I took Life Aquatic (laughs) and uh I still have that standard definition DVD upstairs
0: nice amy how about you what's your what's your history with this movie
2: honestly i don't i don't remember exactly when the first time i saw it was but this was the i think this might have been my first wes anderson movie in which i discovered that wes anderson makes films pretty much exclusively for me and um yeah i Quote this movie constantly. I do have. I could not find my red hat. I also have a Team Zisu shirt. Um, I troll every now and then because those those uh, Team Zisu Adidas are real. Um, yeah. oh. They exist. They can be found. So I do every now and then go check. So,
3: <laughs> um, in a uh, overnight drunk this week, I made the rightful decision to finally pull the trigger on the only cosplay that i will be doing at dragon con this year uh which will be uh, steve I, I will be part of team zizu i'm not gonna grow yes. my beard out again um, <laughs> i looked into the, the adidas uh they are 450 bucks yeah i said mm-hmm. uh no i have <laughs> bill i have i adult and have bills so yeah. i found a very close uh in comparison and some paint so uh-huh. that I can get the color scheme correct so nice. uh, and they just got delivered today they're sitting downstairs on the table oh
0: awesome yeah because i'll tell you when that came up in the movie i immediately had another window open i'm like okay <laughs> I, this, i'm i'm positive thing? you don't you don't put an adidas shoe in your movie and not have it be available at Dude, some point i'm like all right, where uh, how hard are these to come by and how much are they and i saw like 450 500 and i was like well i will never own a pair of those no. but i want some and
3: it's it sucks because I'm such a sneakerhead. And, like, <laughs> like, I have a box of Bowie Vans. Uh, they Vans put out a, a set of, like, different Bowies uh, throughout his generations. And uh, a friend of mine for my birthday surprised me with one of these. I've got the Star Wars uh, – con- I'm sorry. I think they were Converse or Vans, one of the two. I've got mm-hmm. Star Wars Vans up there. I've got Nintendo Vans, you know, in the other closet. And he was just like, oh, my God, if I didn't have a child <laughs> – <laughs> yeah but then also it's... like i do have a child so like when he needs to finally repay his student loans and when he hits his 70s he could finally sell these shoes and pay back about 10 percent of what his loan still is at so, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's really true. an investment you guys just talked me into it all right
0: <laughs> so so i am the odd one out i had not seen this movie before in fact i'm gonna let you in on a little secret uh this is only the second wes anderson film i've ever seen Uh, And here's the weird
2: episodes that I do have now just become
3: way easier. We're going to have to, (laughs) we're going to have to talk offline and divvy these up. Um, (laughs) Can I guess?
0: Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, if you had to guess which Wes Anderson film I had seen prior to life aquatic, what would you think it is? Phil? I'm curious.
3: Bottle rocket.
0: Okay. Amy, how about you? Okay. Uh, Well, one of you is correct. Uh and that is Amy. I had seen Rushmore. Nice. Um, like ah, uh, So you watch after... so much obscure
3: things that I figured it would have been, know. you know, the first movie.
0: Well, and the funny thing about it is, like, I remember renting Rushmore and watching it and loving it. I had a great time with it. And it was I was like, this is cool. I like this Wes Anderson guy. And somehow or another, I missed this. And not long after that, because the movie itself was kind of a box office bomb. Um, and looking into it, it made $37.8 million at the box office worldwide. And it was a $50 million movie, which was about the inverse of what um, Rushmore had been. Rushmore was made for like 20-something million and made 70. So, you know, Wes Anderson wasn't like a huge box office draw, but you would think he would do a little bit better than that. So I missed it there. And then a couple of years later, there was a group of people I knew that did the the... Group costume for Halloween of uh, Team Zisu, and I've known of it, and I know all those other things, and I see, you know, he Wes Anderson has such a distinct style, and it's kind of one Here's- of those. It was it was sort of for me Wes Anderson films were like David Lynch films or some other well, some others of those directors who are very distinct in their style, and I just missed it, and I'm I'm like trying to play catch up now, and I'm finding out that. What the hell was wrong with me? Why was I not watching these for the last twenty years? Because good God, that like I had you're so the much one, fun with this. You're movie. the
2: odd man out that didn't go to art school.
0: Yeah, that's also true. your
2: here's your thing. <laughs> these are these are like I mean that's how I found Amelie was because it was mm. it it was put up as a as a you see red and green. This is how you do it, and so it's the kind of the same thing. You didn't you weren't required. <laughs>
0: That's true, but I was I was around a lot of film school students and trying to get into film school. So you still would think I I would have even just accidentally watched something. Yeah, But you weren't like
2: on substances in a basement in art school, which
0: is where this stuff
3: happens. It's not too late.
1: like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my art true.
3: school is no longer around uh, the Art Institute of Philadelphia. Uh, it turns out they were a bunch of criminals and stole a bunch of money from people <laughs> and got sued into oblivion. But yeah. um, I mean, I learned enough there. You could just pay me and I can definitely. <laughs> I have a basement. I've got drugs and I've got a, v- a tube television. What more do we need? <laughs> there, Perfect. You
0: go. there you I got I have no the arguments experience. for that. <laughs> I, yep. But I was. <laughs> So I had an idea going into this that I was probably going to enjoy it because I, you know, it's I knew it was quirky. I knew Wes Anderson had kind of a style, and my memories of Rushmore. And then this started, and holy crap! It just was. Me. It was. It was better than I thought it was going to be from the get go. Like Phil, you said when you saw it in the theater, it had you from the jump, and mm-hmm. I was the same way. Like they started it off, and you got the guy. Like, from the moment the janitor comes out in his overalls and grabs the microphone off the stage, I was like, I I already love this. And my notes, I didn't have a ton of notes on it, but some of them were like, I mean, here's some of the notes I wrote now. Goddamn, I love Michael Gambon. Uh He's just brilliant in this. Um, Pele might be my favorite, although Klaus is also amazing followed a few lines later by damn it klaus quit being so great
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and willem
0: willem defoe's klaus i loved i mean i love willem I Dafoe like, anyway but i
2: like good will like this is a rare good guy willem defoe like a rare not too scary i mean he's got
3: he's got some moments but he's like not too scary willem defoe my favorite thing about klaus is that even in his wetsuit there's still shorts
1: mm-hmm. yes. like
3: it's just, no matter what i'm not wearing pants uh even if we got to go swimming in cold water nope i'm gonna get a a, sw- a, a swim suit with a with just cutoffs on it. i love it <laughs> and also real quick since we're talking about klaus um they're when they were leaving the hotel at the end yeah um and they're all running from the explosion they took a take where willem dafoe was on fire <laughs> and it was just t- it it's so good. And, um, the deleted scene is out there somewhere, but like the angle just didn't work or there was too Mm. much smoke or something because, you know, steady shot and then Willem Dafoe runs through the scene completely on fire on his back (laughs) and just, you know, it doesn't pan. It just sits there. And it was just like, Holy shit. That was such a good take. I wish they would have kept it.
0: Oh, that's amazing. I mean, Klaus for me, Klaus was so much fun because a Willem Dafoe, you can tell is having a blast. And, he has that moment where he gets right up in uh in ned's face and slaps him and then that that scene is it but when they when they make the callback to that scene a little while later it's so well done because ned just walks up to him and slaps him he's like why why would you do that <laughs> well i owed you one but no and like it's just the look on <laughs> his face abortance. is so perfect he's like you you stood up for yourself we're we were even it was, ah, oh, I loved that so much. Oh, like oh, that you. moment. No,
2: now we're even.
0: <laughs> and he's all upset because they're even they're like storms off. Um, now, like the cast is just, I mean, it was another, you know, again, I knew Bill Murray was in it. I knew, um, but, and I know that a lot of these actors, like Wes Anderson uh-huh. works with a lot of the same actors over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I misquoted. I said that uh, Rushmore was made for twenty-one million or so and made like seventy. That was Royal Tenenbaums, which I also mm. have not seen. Um, mm,
3: Jesus, but you, <laughs> Travis.
0: Look, I know. Oh, I, I know. Look, that's part of why this show exists, right? To fix these <sighs> things. So, well, you, the two of you, can divvy up the Wes Anderson uh, catalog, oh, and God. we will, we will fix this. Um but like i knew you know bill murray i've seen bill murray in uh in rushmore and i knew he worked with him uh and owen wilson who uh i did enjoy in this quite a bit ned was a a very fun character
2: i um, don't always love owen wilson but i do same. i do in this one
3: like yeah it's it's literally this movie and you me and Dupree or those those are the top two movies oh, um, i i really like I was, him in the darjeeling limited okay i love so, that movie more than like a lot of a lot We're gonna have is. to fight because I also agree. No, you mean Dupree. <laughs> I got stuck on an auto train from uh Florida to DC and they only had one movie in the DVD player, and it was you, me, and Dupree. And I had to sit there for twelve twelve hours. To the point where it was like literally clockwork orange, where it's just like <laughs> I'm losing my mind but I'm still mouthing all of the words to this movie that I absolutely hate um but
0: I, mean, I don't I guess it could have been worse just, it could have been Marley and me
3: oh, I've seen that too uh, but yeah,
0: I'd have jumped off the train at that point
3: the, the good thing about well so it was in the smoking train like this they still had smoking cars when I was on this train so oh, okay yeah I I was there on my own volition getting torched waterboarded <laughs> by you, me, and Dupree. waterboarded um, by addiction
2: excellent a plus <laughs> my autobiography yeah, yeah. thank you um,
3: <laughs> um I like Ned in this movie because they reference 11 and a half and that's kind of his his whole innocent vibe is that childhood you know southern just gentleness that he has through this movie and he you're right he never plays roles like this so it was really refreshing to see him you know not be the the james dean-esque kind of weird looking broken nose guy but just like this fawn who is entering Uh a new woods that he's not familiar with
0: yeah. And I, I also liked the reveal at one point of that Zisu shoots blanks, but nobody except, uh, Eleanor knows it. Um, by the way, Angelica Houston love, I love her, her so much. So I've always loved much. her.
2: I love her and everything. And like, I, I love her in Wes Anderson movies because he just lets her just be, and it's real good. Like that I, So I feel like some people just still want her to be Morticia,
0: Um, right? And 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 uh, he just lets her be
2: like an adult woman. And (laughs)
0: because the first thing when I hear her name, the first thing that pops into my head is Morticia, because that movie came out at the perfect time for me, Mm -hmm. Adam's Family, and it it, you know made an impression. But to see her in you know roles like this is so much fun because it's so different. I did just recently, a couple months ago, she was in um, John Wick Chapter Three. And I liked her in that, just because it was again just a different role. She's playing like a, um, I mean it's John Wick, so she's like a way over the top kind of character. But this was great because she's just so deadpan and so funny. Like when they get to the island and she just walks up, your cat's dead. Your cat's dead.
3: I'm sorry. <laughs> a rattlesnake bit, bit, bit it in the, in the neck. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: oh, come on. Why did you say
1: like, it like
2: that? Uh, this is my just, research oh. assistant. Javier, <laughs> yeah. my research assistant.
0: And it's it's like every character reveal is just better and better. You know, Kate Blanchett shows up on the beach and it's like, Where where'd you come from? You look pregnant. I am pregnant. How did you get here? And it's just you know, it's the beach in the middle of the night. And oh, I love that. And again, she like Kate Blanchett's someone that she's I see so in a movie good. and it's immediately better because she's in it.
3: And she was really pregnant during this movie. Yeah. Um uh,
0: they I were, did read they that. They were fitting
3: her for um her her prosthetic belly and she fainted and they took her to get checked out and she was actually pregnant. So um she was talking about it on the behind the scenes that I watched, and she's like, Yeah, like I was freshly pregnant and hormonal hormonal and it like really fold you know molded this character into something very special because it's a real emotion that you're getting out of me because uh parasite in tummy
0: <laughs> yeah and i did like the yeah. the line in one of the trivia bits that wes anderson uh, accused her of overly method acting <laughs> which is pretty pretty amazing um but yeah like she's great and then of course jeff goldblum i mean Jeff Goldblum can be in a movie for 30 seconds and like he the first thing he says is like how's things going with your little leopard fish and I lo- I was done. I'm like all right. I just like now-
2: I love I love that introduction because it's the way because they're like oh can we get a picture of you with Captain Hennessy? <laughs> and he's like where yeah. and then the crowd like parts and he's like <laughs> yep. majestically standing there cuz he's so tall and yep. gangly I'd say No I will Jeff, make it just- quick.
0: I will say that uh, while Jeff Goldblum is great in 99% of the movie that he's in, he does have my least favorite moment in the entirety of the film, and that's where he rolls up the newspaper the and whacks dog. the dog yeah. with it. Don't, don't, Cody. Don't, don't hit Cody. But when Cody's... he's wearing
2: the "I'm a Pepper" shirt, <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> I fold. <laughs>
3: <laughs> are you Stop. here
0: to rescue me and then just turn back I fold <laughs>
3: Dude, so I know I I know that we're bouncing around really oh, all on. over the place but like that's one of my favorite lines is like they're leaving the rescue and and, and Steve's like oh no we left Cody we got to go back for Cody <laughs> Steve, and, and everyone's just like <laughs>
0: <laughs> and no one puts any effort in. he's like bye Cody
3: <laughs> farewell Cody <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh jeez. Uh...
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh I mean and Cody was Cody was great for his uh little bit of screen time. I love I mean anytime uh-huh. three legged dog is always, uh, yeah. always good. I was half expecting to him to say lucky. Like it really was. Yeah. And there was a long enough pause that I'm like, I'm waiting for it, waiting for it. And then he says Cody, and I was like, that's better, honestly. That's a it's that's a, a funnier. Name. Um I love, okay, some of the smaller roles uh were great. Bud Court is the the uh Bond Company student. Bond
3: stage. <laughs> Oh, which is so a he's got, great
0: character, anyway. He's
3: got my favorite line in. Well, second, gosh, you know, he's got <laughs> one of my favorite lines in this entire movie. Uh, which, Travis, I know uh, this is sometimes a PG thirteen show, so I'm going to use our one only. Uh, okay. When they have Hennessy, you know, back in yeah. the <laughs> Belafonte, and he sees the cappuccino machine, just how did? And then the Bond suit just says. We fucking stole it, man. <laughs> Which I use he's, constantly. He's got a glass of wine. Like just okay. we've both been through hell. I'm done. Like I have lived all the experiences. I'm no longer, you know, caring about the situation. And I try to use that constantly. Like, oh, where's my where's my twenty sided? Yeah. I effing stole it, man, and it just goes over everyone's head constantly.
0: I had to stop the movie at that point. And give myself a couple minutes because oh, i so lost it i was laughing so hard i i it happened i was laughing i backed it up i listened to it a second time i cont- I, I laughed harder then i recorded it <laughs> and then i had to stop and give myself a minute to calm down so that i could continue on with the movie because it was so perfect it was so perfectly delivered and you're right it's that that character of bill had been through so much at that point he's just like <laughs> They just and, and he, you can tell he starts the line off like he's going to give him some sort of explanation, some some kind of roundabout. And then he just gives up halfway through it. Like they just effing stole it, man.
3: Even, even when <laughs> he's introduced in the elevator, like he <laughs> yes. delivers that, that line as well. Don't put us through the, the ringer, man. You're a company bond stooge. Well, I'm also a human. You're right, that was mean of me.
0: <laughs> Team on three. And when they're when they're on the boat getting the pirates are there and he's talking to the pirates and they're like he's like, obviously they're taking Ned and then and you can tell he's like, wait, what? Hold on a second. Uh, apparently now it might be me because they found they they realize that I can speak Filipino.
3: Like <laughs> it gets
2: gut oh. punched. <laughs> get <laughs> yeah. you back, phone Billy. Call. The phone call. <laughs> yeah. And they get the message. <laughs> Well, thanks for checking in, Bill, which I love the way that Bill Murray delivers that line, because I feel like there's something special when actors talk to another character that have their real name, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like the, well, thanks for checking in, Bill, was like deep, personal Bill Murray feelings.
0: And And Bill Murray is so good in this. I mean, I know that he can sometimes be difficult to work with, and there's been stories that have come out about him in the past, whether it's just kind of strange stuff on set or just in general difficult not quite to chevy chase levels like he's not at the point where people don't want to work with him at all but yeah you know he's he, he's cantankerous at times but he's so good when he's on and yeah. well, he is just on in this movie and he's so he's I, great he, fun to watch
3: he held everything together apparently on set because like he he knows that these Wes Anderson movies take a while to shoot mm-hmm. because it takes a while to set up the shot and then get a lot of shots in in the right perfect way and Wes's weird Texas brain but like apparently <laughs> when things did start getting contentious on set Bill kind of like calmed everybody down because he understood with this being the third Wes Anderson movie like hey look we got something special everybody just take as much time as you need um which I can't even imagine having to do all these underwater shots and like not lose your cool constantly yeah Mm -hmm.
0: yeah I can see where where making a Wes Anderson film as an actor or you know somebody on the set could be tough there's so much setup and he does a lot of those long takes and a lot of which as a viewer I love I'm a sucker for long takes I'm a sucker I like his style because he's got this weird quirky style where some directors want like the act of filmmaking to sort of melt into the background and not really be noticed. It's sort of the whole idea of like, don't get caught acting, just act don't get caught making a film, just sort of be there and, and, and make the film. But he, his movies, the, the two that I've seen so far anyway, and especially this one ride that line because he has stuff like the set of the Belafonte sliced in half and the camera moving between all the rooms. And the fact that like, it feels both like you're uh, watching uh, just a regular kind of Hollywood film and a stage play at the same time.
3: 100%.
0: And I dig that because not enough. Like it's, it's not something you see a lot of and it could be the type of thing that could put you out of a movie pretty quickly, but he has such a deft hand with it and he's so good at setting that up and creating that look and even simple things like when um when goldblum's character comes to the ship and they they react to the distress call and like that moment to me at first felt very much like um it was like an office style sort of mockumentary uh where he's he's talking he's like we we responded to just stephen my God, Stephen, is that you? And like the camera whipping back and forth. And then it cuts to Goldblum sitting there on that couch. And it's like, wait, where did the couch come from? Why do they have that on the deck? Some y- of you can almost
2: boys brought it up.
0: Clearly. Yeah. And you can almost like feel the studio lights, like just off frame, you know, it, like you know that they're there and they're not trying to hide the fact that they're there kind of thing. And I like yeah. that. I, it works here so well. Um. So that was a thing that I really uh, glommed on to. And I I have a feeling like uh, I'm going to enjoy much more in some of his other movies. Like I I feel like that that type of thing happens more. Because the trailer for Asteroid City, for instance, his latest movie, feels like that kind of a shot of Goldblum on the couch on the deck of the boat for an entire movie. It feels like everything is composed that way. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but... No, I, I, I loved that kind of stuff. Um, I did not expect any of the action stuff on the boat and then at the hotel either. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what I was expecting exactly. Like when I started the movie, I didn't anticipate the, I, I don't even think I really knew much story-wise other than, you know, he was a Jacques Cousteau kind of pastiche, but past that, I didn't know what was going to happen. So when they go on a rescue mission, uh, at that derelict hotel uh the hotel citrone i was like oh oh this is even this keeps getting better like it just kept layering more and more good stuff on top of it as the movie went on i i, I could not get enough of it uh and and on top of that the music the music throughout Whoa. the movie i mean the reason uh-huh. the reason i had pele <laughs> might go be on. my favorite Pele being my maybe being my favorite character in the movie is after the third time we see him playing the acoustic guitar doing a uh, David Bowie cover, and then um, and I didn't know what yeah, language Portuguese. it was. Yeah, yeah it's it's I didn't Portuguese. know it was Portuguese. Yeah, and then Brazilian. I read afterwards that he translated all the songs to Portuguese and arranged them on the guitar himself to play them for the movie. Uh-huh. But in the in the course of watching the movie, I was just like, "This is brilliant." This just, and and it was. The first time I'm like, oh that's that's clever and the second but by that third time I'm like, this is a brilliant running gag that they continue to do with him, and my favorite one is when the pirates are floating up in the background in the foggy <laughs> background he's just playing it while completely he's on oblivious. watch. yeah, yeah well he's on watch oh
2: they're not good, they're bad at all <laughs> they're, of it. they're
0: very they're very bad at what they do yeah. for sure well that I mean this um, whole
3: movie is about failure almost yeah, yeah right, but yeah when he's on watch and the latter just clinks up but also like <laughs> this is a known problem like who the shit is kingsley zizu like they've been having <laughs> watch problems the this entire trip and yeah. still can't get it right but dude <laughs> sue george man like sue that dude, george i have seen him live <gasps> um and it happened by mistake um <clears throat> i went to bonnaroo in 2005 because radiohead was one of the closing night uh, acts and so when everybody was loading in on the Thursday morning uh they had a couple smaller bands and so I went down there and Sue George was on stage and I like I exploded <laughs> my brain I was like how is there only 300 people here right now like <laughs> yeah. this is incredible so like I got to hear a lot of his Portuguese uh music which was just you know, wonderful like just so uplifting and just uh, like literally body moving and then he would bring in a couple of these bowie covers as well and I'm just like oh! <laughs> and oh, so like be... it's funny because like if I decided I wanted to sleep instead of like putz around the the fairgrounds for a little bit I I would have missed it and it's just one of those happenstances that it was just like, no, you know what? I've been in the car for 14 hours. I want to walk around and see what's what. Amazing.
0: That yeah. is awesome. Um, and I also, my my final note was as the credits started rolling and I was like, of course, Mark Mothersbaugh did the music. Like, yep. why didn't I figure that out partway through the movie? Because the, the Bowie covers <laughs> were great, but the the rest of the score was so good too do, 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 yeah it's do, do. it's, it's that so good casio keyboard like mm-hmm. demo music is so i definitely didn't perfect. learn that
3: on my cat keyboard like a couple minutes ago <laughs> before we went live um but i mean this is the this is mother bomb's third movie with with wes he did the first <sighs> the first four of them and like it's funny because like each one of these movies has a different feel right um, mm-hmm. yeah the, the uh, royal tenenbaums has that regal posh uh, very string heavy original music and it's you know such a diversion to change to these electronica almost kind of like broken down devo songs that really never hit like the b-sides and mm-hmm. <laughs> he's such a beautiful genius when it comes to music and scoring and um you know the more well, you dive into Mark mother's mom the more you realize that like he's done most of the music through our childhood yeah. and like all these cartoon shows mm-hmm. is composed by him and like I feel like and, he's one of those people that can see music right they they hear it and there's I forget the name of it when when it you can physically see oh like like, like uh like
0: synesthesia. Yeah,
3: synesthesia. synesthesia thank you yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. I bet because like, and, and the thing is a good musical score, whether it's an orchestral one or something a little more off the beaten path in terms of movie scores should fit the the movie. Like John Williams, when you, when you bring him in and he does, you know, Indiana Jones, like he gets that feeling of adventure and it, you listen to the Indiana Jones theme and it just makes you want to get up and like run out and do something, uh, crazy like like riding on the back of a truck you know by by a bullwhip or something weird like that like it's just that kind of music drives you to do that the the <laughs> thing people with, off
3: zeppelins we're just yeah. exactly guns, yeah. Yeah, yeah just
0: for whatever but what was so great about this was that that music fit the feeling of this like ragtag group it's the that music
3: that their budget that their budget could, budget <laughs> could afford mm-hmm. and exactly that's the thing that. if like if you take a close and a real close look of everything inside the Bellafonte, we, first off, we don't know what year it is, but no. nothing's been updated. Like no. nothing has been updated. I mean, they have Steve real...
2: even, Steve even says when like, you know, this is the kitchen. It's got the most advanced equipment <laughs> on the <this> ship. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> and if they had money, they wouldn't have to rely on Eleanor's parents to get him out of jail every time. And that whirly bird would have been inspected years ago but like just to see the the real to real and Wolodowski having all the different Casio keyboards to work on the scores man it's just like there's nothing I love more than like old tech I Mm -hmm. love 70s and 80s tech I love it like if I go antiquing that's exactly what I'm looking for is these old old tech pieces for me just to take apart and put back together and so that's why like the inside of the Belafonte, just like every time I watch it, I find something different when she's like, Oh, look at that. I need that.
0: Can I also say uh on the Belafonte itself, um I cat I, I caught on to the naming uh early on and then then I read in the trivia, but I remembered that uh Cousteau's boat was called the Calypso.
1: Mm-hmm. So yes. to
0: have your pastiche of Jacques Cousteau yeah. And it's the Belafonte. I was like, oh, that's inspired.
1: Like, I just that is like, just some
0: good writing right there.
2: I like so he named he named the sub Jacqueline after his <laughs> first wife, and then yeah. renamed it Deep Search, which is funny. But the better part is that he has her name tattooed and he also just crossed that out
3: and but it's started. the same on the sub as well dude.
0: yes oh
3: <laughs> and like i thought about it i'd be like that would be a really funny tattoo for like three of us right <laughs> and like not even three people that are like prevalent in my life it would be like so, random people at dragon Con would be like i would do something like this to scratch my shoulder and like somebody <laughs> 500 yards away would, <laughs> right. would shout and be like definitely worth it <laughs> definitely they would just
2: hold it. up their. they would just hold up their team zsu junior member yeah, ring, ring. <laughs> <laughs> like,
3: <laughs> and you know what I would write them uh, on my correspondence and have a red cap and a speedo <laughs> sent their way
0: so there were so many great like I I adore when movies will follow through or call back to their own stuff like I've said this many, many times. Hot fuzz is one of my favorite movies because as a comedy script, it's brilliant in that every joke they set up in the beginning of the movie is paid off at the end, by the end of the movie, every single one. And comedies don't normally aren't able to do that. Not a lot of times. They just don't execute that well, but they set up so many jokes at the beginning and fire them all off. This movie did that too. Like you see the ring early on and it's then it's not mentioned again until they have their little fight on the deck and he sucker punches him, and he's like, "I think your Z- team Zisu ring caught me in the lip," and like mm-hmm. I had forgotten about the ring by that point, and so you're bringing that back and reminding me of it, and it made me laugh. Or the 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 chopper, the the whirly the whirly bird, like that becoming Check a thing. later
3: on. <laughs> Yeah. Now did he did he he gave that Ned's ring to Werner right? Uh, Klaus's yeah. s- nephew. I think so. That's what he gave mm-hmm. him, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 So it's just like that's one of the last shots of the movie, and it's just like what a beautiful bow uh to tie this up with.
2: Because one of the and first movie, scenes man. is is Werner giving giving Steve the the rainbow uh crayon. Oh yeah, the crayon
0: uh ponyfish. Uh, ponyfish,
2: c- yeah. Pony fish, yeah. Pony fish.
0: Sea pony, whatever oh. it was that the stop mo- by the way the Leopard, stop motion I mean, we, the stop motion we, we haven't even talked about we the haven't stop talked mo- about it oh god
3: so this is going to be a four-hour podcast it's i hope so everybody's good. ready i
2: think i think my favorite one is the um the mating crabs yes the stripy crabs it's yes. like that's mating and
0: then <laughs> it, it just off rips an arm arm off. and
2: walks away is that mating?
0: <laughs> and and I knew I knew that Wes Anderson did some stop motion stuff because I know of Fantastic Mr. Fox and Isle of Dogs. Mm. I've seen the trailers for those. I still haven't seen the movies. We're gonna get there.
1: Wait, but we'll get
0: there. But like I knew that the stop motion was a thing that he did. And I think I remember somebody telling me at some point that there was some stop motion like undersea stuff. And so I thought Everything. there was more I thought like All the more animals. of that happened or something, but but uh to the what every time they did it, it was so good. Like the, during the opening movie presentation, when they have the, what do they call them? The, the glowing snapper or whatever.
2: Yeah, the neon something like yeah, that. Yeah. And
0: they have snapper that shot of, um, they, they have the, the shot of Esteban, <laughs> like horribly blue screened, you know, thumbs up with all of them swimming behind him. And I was like, Oh God, that's so good. And it just, again, it just got better from there. Every time, you know, he holds up the bag and you got the little crayon pony fish and, that stop motion was great the shark the jaguar shark when they finally reveal that at the end uh, Uh my note on that was holy cripes on toast that's a big shark
2: it's a big
3: shark so you realize all all
0: those people are in that sub which only sits it only sits six
3: (laughs) right and they think um but all the stop go and stop animation was just done by henry sellick and so like him and that his makes studio so much took sense. Took, mm-hmm. took all of this on and just really would send in test puppets and then Wes would have something to say and then they have to go back and start back again but like it was crazy because for the jaguar shark to have it look since it was such a big puppet to have it look like it was floating and swimming through water they actually inverted it so it was upside down so it would have that weightlessness of of uh, of movement and it's oh, just okay. like everything that, that they did my my favorite what thing was uh that? the Hennessy Turtle the Enterprise the Enterprise that's what it was that. yes
0: the Enterprise that's <laughs> what it
3: was <laughs> Hennessy's research Turtle I think was my favorite as uh, <laughs> oh that
0: was so good that again was like a great gag because we've mentioned the research turtles a couple of times. And even as they're leaving the Island and Hennessy's yeah. like, they made soup out they of my soup. research turtles. And I was so sad about that because <laughs> no. And then he sees him. And he's like, it's one of my research turtles. And you can tell how happy he is to see his turtle out there. And like, yeah. ah, I love that. And you're right. That was a great puppet too. Like oh. I sh- I should have known it was Henry well, Selleck that did that though. Well, I mean, uh,
3: I mean, everything he produces is just yeah. like I man I I had a podcast called cell by cell which was a animation podcast that never got released and we did uh, an episode on selic and just like it was 40 minutes of us just drooling over everything that he did <laughs> and like yeah I, it's still in the can somewhere and it's just like man I'm gonna have to edit the heck out of that but I also want that project to hit light a day because I'm such a big animation fan.
0: Well, and you know, yeah, well, when it comes to stop motion, there are two names that always come to mind for me uh, yeah. outside of Ray Harryhausen. That's, that's a whole Maybe different then, thing. Cause yeah. like Harryhausen's his own, but the names that always come to mind when I think of stop motion and I know there are other people doing it, but it's, it's Henry Selick and Phil Tippett. Those are the two names I think of when I think of stop motion. And when I'm watching this, this is very clearly Henry Selick style. And in no way, Phil Tippett, uh, which, by the way, have either of you seen or heard of his movie uh, that he just released a couple of years ago, Mad God? No. So Tippett, Phil Tippett, real quick aside, because I watched this a couple of weeks ago or I watched like the last half of it. I missed the first part. Um, They were playing it on the last drive in with Joe Bob Briggs. And it is a stop motion. It is not an easy watch. It is way out there. Um, it's more of an art experience than a film per se, but it would, it took him 30 years to make this. According to Wikipedia,
2: he had a mental breakdown (laughs) during it.
0: So the Joe Bob episode, he came out and interviewed for most of the runtime. Like all the interstitials were Joe Bob talking to Phil Tippett about making this movie. And he did one of my favorite things that an artist will do. And, uh, it's, it's something that Lynch does a lot.
1: Have mental breakdowns.
0: Well, there's that, but also uh, at one point Joe Bob asks him, "Like, okay, Phil, just what's what's this movie about?" And Tippett looks at him and he pauses for a second. He goes, "Well, it's about eighty-two minutes," <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Yes. And he's like, and he 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 refuses to give any better of an answer than that. And outstanding. It's, It's weird. It has to do with like uh, a character going into, I think depths of hell or something. I don't know. It's out there, but the animation is amazing. Phil, if if you're a fan of animation, you got to watch mad God.
3: I'll find it, man. Um, If I could survive gummo, I can survive any movie.
0: (laughs) Boy, if that isn't a true statement, whoo, Um, But yeah, I just like thinking talking about stop motion made me think of that. And it's definitely worth watching. Amy, I don't know, knowing the types of movies you like, I'm not sure if you would like Mad God, because there Uh, are parts of it that are like weird, grotesque stuff, but it's also animated. So like, it's a little different. I don't know. Yeah. But it's uh, it's really, really interesting as it's just kind of a piece of art. But like, those are the two names I think of when I think of stop motion are Henry Selick and Phil Tippett. And that shark did i read right the the shark at the end was eight feet long for a puppet yes as a stop motion puppet like that's not that's not jurassic park making an animatronic you know full size uh tyrannosaurus rex like that's different this is a stop motion puppet you're making that's eight feet long holy crap
3: (laughs) which is sometimes the normal size of like a normal actual shark yeah
0: yeah it yeah, that seems that's yeah, like if you if you ask me how big a shark
2: is like yeah that's a number I would give yeah <laughs>
3: it's about eight feet you know I don't know uh and no well, they... getting back to the music though like dude so when that Sigur Ross song hits as they come upon in the, the 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 Jaguar shark slowly comes into mm-hmm. frame and the music mm. is swelling as the the shark is getting closer like I'm already a Cigarettes Ross fan but like first off now i can't hear that song without um, (laughs) thinking of this movie but also like dude like i get really emotional about movies and things like if i put crying on my resume because i'm so gosh darn good at it and like (laughs) now just hearing uh the song from cigar ross just gives me this emotion of this of the end of life aquatic of this guy you know losing his best friend losing his budget losing a possibly adopted son and like everything just for this moment as everybody reaches in to put a hand on steve it's just like oh i can't and i also i can't do ned's funeral with that zombie song playing like zombies if you ask me zombies favorite band of mine from the 60s next to the Beatles right uh-huh. the zombies Odyssey and Oracle is one of the best records ever made and like I can't hear that zombie song during Ned's funeral that, and not just break down you know even like if I'm driving to work and I've got Spotify on and that song comes on, it's just like ah <laughs> fine we're gonna sit through this 280 but I'm not gonna be happy about it
0: it's it's one of because music is such a thing that touches us emotionally anyway, like, and then, you know, good artists matching music to a scene in a film just amplifies that so much more. And now you've, like you said, you can't hear those songs without connecting them to this movie. There's certain moments that do that. And you create those indelible memories and it takes the right person or mix of people to pull that off. And that's what makes uh, like sometimes it's done to great um, emotional effect the way that this is. Sometimes it's just that like, I can't hear, I love uh, Miserloo by Dick Dale. I've loved that Mm -hmm. song since uh, I was a small child. I remember hearing it and just falling in love with like, this just sounds cool. I've never heard anything like it before, but I can't hear that without thinking of the opening of Pulp Fiction now because it's so tied into it for Tarantino new. It's like uh, the opening for, Reservoir Dogs as well with Little Green Bag, yeah. I can't separate those two. Um, A lot of the musical cues that Edgar Wright uh, comes up with—that guy just is brilliant at putting music into his movies. It's one of the reasons why Baby Driver is such a fantastic movie—is the way that he used music in it. And I feel like now that I've you know I've seen two Wes Anderson films, I feel like okay, this guy gets how to use music in his movies
3: dude it's it's insane like um like every one of his movies has a song that sticks out that like resonates with a certain scene like james gunn is doing this really well right now like james james gunn is just hitting on all weird levels but like everything from uh fantastic Mr Fox in back has this moment in the song that just sticks out like uh Royal Tenenbaums has uh me and Julio down the schoolyard
1: mm-hmm.
3: right mm. with so uh, Gene Hackman just riding bikes with his grandchildren and it's just like that when I hear that song man that's exactly where I go and um you know there's um play with fire by the Rolling Stones is a pivotal scene in the Darjeeling limited and like I hear that Stone song And i'm just seeing the train flash by with different scenes going through he it does man he does magical things with his soundtracks and even going out and doing the sue george record like okay if you guys collect vinyls these were both pressed on vinyl on uh there's a thing called record store day where they only release a very small number of records for small pressings and it's kind of random with stores to get thrown to but they've been pressing wes anderson vinyls every so often and both this soundtrack and the sue george soundtrack both came out and mm. i was stuck at work and so i didn't have the opportunity to go out there and as a record collector and a wes anderson <laughs> film and my favorite movie it was just like well how much could it be on ebay <laughs> <laughs> oh, clo- oh close to them shoes huh oh. okay <laughs> okay, all right all right, all right. And no it's not yeah. that bad they're only about like 150 bucks but it's still more than i want to spend on a record yeah so if you have that just sitting around anyone you can you can email me or hit me up on twitter at imaginary nomad and we can talk
0: (laughs) that would be uh yep imaginary nomad at twitter um no i i love stuff like that and i i you know i i have certain composers that i really like and i usually i I, for whatever reason mark mothersbaugh isn't the name that pops to mind first but it should because when you look through what he's done it's like he's composed some amazing scores. And everybody likes to talk about, like, Danny Elfman is the the one that, that sort of crossover from pop music to writing musical scores, which absolutely, Danny Elfman's done some amazing work. Mother's Ball's done just as much uh, that that I could consider as good um, and just killed it here. And then the, the selection of songs that played, you've mentioned a few of them, and they were great. And it's just – it adds – an extra layer the movie is still going to be good if the music isn't as good as it is but that music fitting so well in all those scenes takes it to a different level and it's like Mm -hmm. it's all the different parts and pieces of this but the performances the look of everything the set decoration the way that the ship is laid out using that Whatever what what was it like hundred and something foot wide by forty foot tall set that they built that was the the ship cut in half. And then using that multiple times for these long shots that just I mean, they're just amazing all the way through.
2: There's the shot where um oh it's after it's after Steve catches uh Ned um,
0: Oh yeah with, with uh, uh
2: <laughs> with uh Jane. Yep, and they're like headed up to the top deck, and they're going through the thing, and she like just comes up another set of stairs, and he chases Wolodarsky at one point, or Vicar with fighting? the fighting, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> yes. and, then,
2: and, then, and he chases you know Vikram, and he's like, "Give me that camera, I want to you know smash oh, that camera." Loved it. Cut. <laughs> He's never not on. Like Ned almost drowns, and they're giving him CPR. And like as he just starts to come to, and he's like, <laughs> he did, he did "You this wide open?" Yeah. I had that.
0: So that was <laughs> oh that God. was one of my notes. is like the Vikram coming in with the light meter oh multiple times. That's another so weird, joke right? that
3: because it's oh, so quick. And like if we, you know, you know. And it just mm-hmm. funny. we
2: live that like. Everything is content life, and so <laughs> yeah. you're like, yeah, you gotta be ready
0: at a moment's it's all notice. Content, and he's baby. like, Steve is such a he's a character who is both blissfully unaware of everything around him except himself, and yet at the same time has moments of introspection. Like yeah. when he sits down and he talks, he's like, I, you know, the article hurt my feelings because you know, I mean, people are gonna say mean things about me or you know, think I'm kind of a prick and then I realize that's just who I am but he doesn't stop doing or that when, either
2: when uh, when they're at the club
0: yeah yes and he
2: overhears the guys uh talking about him <laughs> he gets all mad and throws his earring
0: yeah and like
2: and he just immediately puts his hand out
3: he he knows just, he's gonna go get it <laughs> yep, it's, and just oh geez to just have Owen wilson like blurring out a shot then then moves into shot was just oh, i love that angle so much
0: there's so much that in in that character just so so amazing that he can be that way and then never change any of it either and like you said he's always on he's constantly talking about you know what why did you cut no, you don't cut unless I say so. And like, here's, you know, Klaus trying to talk to him about like whatever's going on. He's like, no, no, no. You just, you do what I say. Or uh, the, I love the, oh, we'll send him a red cap and a speedo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's just his answer for everything is anybody that does anything good. You send him a red cap and a speedo. I'm, I'm going to start using that. I think that's a brilliant (laughs)
1: line.
0: It's just, oh, Bill, Bill Murray is so on throughout this whole movie. And Steve Zissou is such an amazing character and he's sad, too. Like, he's a really sad character because he's sort of, he's reached that point in his life, especially after losing his best friend, and now he's questioning everything that's going on, but he kind of has to keep that front up of, like, no, I'm still Steve Zissou, but what does that really mean? And he's, he and it's keeps not questioning it. it's everything. not
2: just losing his best friend. It's losing his best friend and then having people go... Did he kill Esteban for the movie?
0: (laughs) Right. Because there's part of you that could believe that would happen. Oh, yeah. Like, that's not out of the realm of possibility at all.
2: One of my favorite shots in the movie is after the helicopter crash. And we're in the water and the water, like, the camera keeps dipping below and mm-hmm. Ned's going to be fine. Everything's fine with Ned. No problem. And then like a single like red oh. droplet runs down this runs down the camera and it oh, it's so good. And then it like dips under oh, it's so good.
0: So, I was not prepared for that that whole moment in the movie of Ned. I'm going to tell
2: you and, now because and- you have not seen that many of them most wes anderson movies there's like a good chunk of them have this moment where you do not see it coming and you are blindsided by something pretty terrible happening i think uh darjeeling limited is probably the worst for me <laughs> second
3: second yeah yep, agreed you know? <laughs> we're gonna fight about who gets to do this it's movie or we could just punch. all come back for for darjeeling because <laughs> Darjeeling broke so, me
2: and I feel yeah. like a, I feel like a lot of people like even people who are like yeah I like Wes Anderson movies they do not give that movie enough credit no
3: they don't let's make
2: an agreement and we will all come back and talk about this movie 100 I'm in
0: it's it, so it is written so shall it be done but also um,
3: the fact I mean this movie or this character of Steve Zizu is loosely based off of Cousteau which mm-hmm. he also lost his son in a, a plane accident um Custo's son Felipe yeah uh, died unexpectedly from from crashing his plane and it completely changed who Cousteau was and so <clears throat> I think also when Ned was lost Steve kind of had almost like a custodian uh revelation in his own point of view on how he sees the world because this burgeoning relationship that could have been um is no longer there yeah yeah
0: yeah and also and...
3: when when you lose esteban right um everybody hated that movie so it's like not only did You lose your best friend and partner that you've been with uh, creatively for, I don't know, let's say roughly 20 to 30 years. But A, nobody believes you. And then Mm. C, everybody hates your movie. Bravo. What fun. I just don't think they got it. It's just like that. Underrated scene.
2: Right. Like when when there's the Q&A, right? And he's like, well, I'm going to hunt it down and I'm going to kill it. I don't know how, maybe with dynamite, dynamite. it's a, it's an endangered species at, (laughs) at best. Like what scientific purpose would there be to killing it? Revenge.
3: Revenge yep oh. <laughs> but it's funny that lady in the hallway delivering that so line good. about like oh man i good job nobody understood it i just don't think it worked literally could sum up my career in podcasting just like, <laughs> bravo, hey, man, I know. bravo. You, you did you definitely put those hours in didn't you yeah it was it was rough yeah nobody liked it but i'm glad that you keep doing it <laughs>
0: <laughs> the the best is uh, the you know no seriously And he's like well I could have done without it I, you, know, you need to mean use to say the word seriously, seriously but I'll take it.
2: <laughs> okay i i cannot i cannot let us continue without talking about Amory for a minute because okay, I yes. love Amory Amory under underrated character um, Amory twenty five script girl topless hundred percent of the time until a moment and this is like my my deep ridiculous feminist reading of it so so, because even in the party scene you can see her in the background but when when ned and steve are talking and she's wearing a shirt but it is completely sheer like she is not so she's basically topless until eleanor leaves and she then has to become the voice of reason to this group of idiot boys (laughs) (laughs) and then she gets to put on a shirt because now she has to be the grown-up and not go through unprotected waters it's only an inch and a half i there's just no problem we're just going this way
0: that's you know i didn't think about that but you're right that is when after Mm -hmm. after eleanor leaves is when the next scenes we see with her she's wearing a shirt and uh, you know standing up to to steve and telling him like you can't do this I didn't think about it that way but that's a good reading into that because my my only line was like you know Anne Marie just topless all the time
3: yeah which i thought was a funny which i thought was a funny running gag but then the most intelligent person on the boat that yeah she's saying anything yeah and then
2: um i it's a it's a real good like image of the zisu brand in that right because it's like the oh you're all down here on the beach and you're matching pajamas except they're not like they're all blue stripey pajamas, but they're not all the same. Like we've all got blue sweaters with a Z, but they're all different sweaters. And the Z yes. has just been sewn on. Like we're making our own merch out here. That was such that. That.
0: that was such a good, like subtle thing to have in there. Mm-hmm. too the like all quarters, the hats were a little units. bit different. Yeah. Right.
3: Like, I can't. I, yeah. I all the need hats 50, are different. Yeah. Yeah. I loved yeah. it. And it's everybody's little own personal styles. Like, uh, yeah. uh, Ned has the, uh, take the off your pants and jacket stoplight, Stop light, right? Yep. Klaus has his little puffy ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even in the wetsuit, my favorite thing uh, was Sue George's, uh, hat He's yeah. like, <laughs> uh, uh, um, almost like, um, a fat Albert character, you know, exaggerated <laughs> hat. Which is yeah, like, was, what is the point of that? I don't get it, but I love it.
0: I want to say it was like a pullover, like, over, hood, like hood pulled
3: hood that would come down and top. tuck into oh, yeah, the wetsuit. Okay, yes.
0: It was that, but he just had it resting on top of his head because <laughs> I was like, what the hell hat is that he's wearing? It's amazing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I loved it's that. That movie. was oh, everyone like all those little things make me want to watch the movie again just to try and notice more of that because there's so yep. much going on in every one of these scenes and every one of these shots. And I know I missed a ton of it. Um, And I'm definitely going to watch this again because holy crap. I mean, it's just so good all the way through. The hell's wrong with me not watching Wes Anderson movies.
3: Actually, I picked up something new this time through. Um, When they're watching the old adventures of like either the Arctic or they're showing the VHS of like Mm -hmm. our vault contains all this money. Um, (laughs) There's little action figures next to the tube television that they're watching it on of the entire crew and i said <gasps> oh what and i pause it and i'm just like <laughs> 20 20 years i have been what 19 years i've been watching this damn film and i just am pulling this out now this is incredible <laughs> i guess that's because i just bought the blu-ray and i've been watching it on a, 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 a dvd but like i was blown away and now also oh. want those
0: mm-hmm. well, yeah I'm going to look for those and, and see if I can find them or something. Or maybe, maybe I'll see if I can print some.
3: 3D print them. Mm. And then you can paint um, them on stream with your miniature painting stream.
0: There we go. Um, and like, oh, both
3: was, of us had birthdays. So like, <clears throat> you know,
0: <clears throat> I also, uh, a couple costuming things that I loved. I loved uh, Jeff Goldblum's glasses, which were apparently Mark Mother's Mothersbaugh's uh, frames. And they're those thick, but they were silver. I thought those were great. Yeah. And Gambon's uh, Osiri, his glasses uh-huh. were awesome. And those were apparently modeled after Ennio Morricone's, you know, tiny little Italian man. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Th- like I saw those frames. I'm like, I kind of want a pair of those. Those are cool looking. Like I always, I always look at these quirky glasses and then I realized, no, no, they don't make them for ogre sized heads like mine.
3: No, So I couldn't. they don't them. have those on Zenny. So yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs>
0: unfortunately i have to figure out a way to like custom build that that kind of stuff but um no i just oh series assistant Philip. all right
2: (laughs) for like a hot second i was like wait that's not is that is that adrian like it looks not unlike adrian brody what is it no 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 no. it's noah bomback who just happens to look exactly like adrian brody
0: he really does which is
2: just weird
0: there's like if you if you squint you could definitely
2: that's what i'm saying in, I, was, I was like is it
0: like out in a club or in a dark room in a in a bar somewhere you could see either one of those and be like eh, it's 50 50 which one you're looking yeah, at
2: yeah just corner
3: flip and i love that those two wrote a couple movies together because mm-hmm. like squid and the whale man that that noah Baumbach movie is just it's so heavy and i love it <laughs> so much and it came out right after uh life aquatic but if you haven't seen it it's got jeff daniels and laura lenny that are going through a divorce in new york city and it's so weird and quirky but also hurt like just hurts to watch it and then they wrote uh fantastic mr fox together uh-huh. which yeah. um, which is brilliantly written uh,
2: it's it, easy to miss with the animation but it so,
3: is so good
0: um, Ooh, with the, he, that one, he wrote the um, Barbie movie that Greta Gerwig mm-hmm. is putting out. Hell yeah. it was written by Noah Wes Oback.
3: Anderson. Actually, went out to Roald dolls' uh, widows home and spent some time with her, and she told him once the movie was out that um, this was the best adaptation of all of his works, and that. Knowing him, he would have loved the Fantastic Mr. Fox the most because it just has his whimsy and joy spilling out of every character in that movie. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I'm watch that one now. Yeah. Also, Noah Noah Baumbach apparently wrote the screenplay for Madagascar Three, so I feel like sure. that's like an outlier. Like that doesn't seem to fit with the rest of the stuff we're talking about. But let's see how much have, money you, that
2: made.
3: Yeah, I was about to say.
2: You <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do what yes. you
3: need to do.
0: Yeah, you little, know
3: seven hundred and forty six point uh, nine million dollars. Yeah. Um but okay, yeah, take
0: that. it's no worth problem. it worth it. Sure. But it's like uh, it the writing in this was so good. The direction is, is so great. I did capture some audio clips that uh yes. it's all it's almost all either Steve Zissou or um Hennessy, because they just <laughs> had the quips throughout <laughs> the movie. So who do you who do you want first? You want Goldblum or you want Murray? No,
3: just go, just go, just yeah, me. just right. play That's them all good. at once.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, here's a line that I'm gonna be using a lot now. Remind me, we'll send him a red cap and a speedo. Mm-hmm. Like that's just gonna become part of my lexicon. It's just it's just gonna happen because it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um let's see. Oh.
3: No, congratulations, seriously. <laughs> seriously thanks.
0: I wish it didn't require this seriously, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> also, they get to the island uh and they're, they're peering in at this, what used to be a hotel. And it's just like, you know, it's the pool that has a little bit of water left in it. And the only thing he can think of is what a shame. They had a bartender here. Keno made the best rum cannonball I've ever tasted.
3: <laughs> uh-huh.
0: If I had, other stuff favorite word, line had tried from, making stuff from, from the too.
3: island that I use a lot is swab leeches. Everybody check. Your- <laughs> Am I the only one that got hit? What's what's the deal?
0: yeah I and had so I'll
3: use nobody that else right? got oh, hit? I'm, the... I'm the only one what's the deal I use so it right? and people look at me and they're like what the hell are you talking about it's like I'm the only one who got hit what, what's the deal and Everyone's like, uh, all right man uh-huh. <laughs> okay. okay
0: okay weird person you just calm down <laughs> um it, that was yeah so
2: nobody else got hit I'm the only one what's the deal
0: that's such a, a good Bill Murray moment. Um, uh-huh. Even the the introduction of Jeff Goldblum, and then you'll cut to Goldblum talking to Angelica Houston. So here's Hennessy talking to Eleanor, and then Steve just kind of slides into frame. He's just... Don't be nice to Allie. He's my nemesis. It's my nemesis. And there's so many great moments like that between where two characters are talking and it's just a non-sequitur into something else like... Oh, sorry, this is uh, probably my son, Ned. We just met. (laughs) How delightful! (laughs) Probably my son. We just met. Probably my son. And Michael Gambon, just the perfect response. That is like, oh, how delightful! Like I just, oh, I love Michael Gambon. Michael Gambon is
3: fantastic
0: so much um not
3: only that but like he meets ned he needs to go out and, and hit his joint before yeah. he can like really just focus <laughs> on what's actually happening right now um, <laughs> you
0: got me with
2: one foot over the edge there man. yeah <laughs> one foot off the merry-go-round it's
0: so That's good it. <laughs> i love that uh i think phil you quoted this one i want to say it was on twitter uh earlier this week mm-hmm. um or last mm-hmm. week and and Finally, you know, hearing it in the movie, it made your, your tweet made so much more sense. I knew it was something from the movie, but I just loved. Well, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go on an overnight drunk. And in 10 days, I'm going to set out to find the shark that ate my friend and destroy it. Anyone that would care to join me is more than welcome. And unfortunately, I didn't
3: have enough characters to do the whole thing. And then also I had to make it, you know, fit what we were doing. Yeah. Uh, but I did hold to that, tr- that promise. I did go on yeah, an overnight drunk good. that night. That's important. Oh, good, good. You know what? I'm a man of my word.
0: <laughs> Consistency. It's what I, that's what I hope for. You
3: know, I have to put in the work, you know? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. This one's just labeled it's Method music.
3: podcasting. <laughs> it's meth-ed.
0: <laughs> yeah. There we go. I'm not sure what music. Why I labeled this one music, but here we go. Supposedly, Cousteau and his cronies invented the idea it of putting cool. walkie-talkies good into the helmet. But we made ours with a special rabbit ear on the top, so we could pipe in some music. I love that, and he just he starts to do that little hip sway dance, and I was I so
2: good in his wetsuit.
0: Mm-hmm. In those shiny. And everybody's, again, to, to your point of, like, how everybody's wearing the same but not the same, everybody's wetsuit is a slightly different shade of that, like, aqua sea green blue.
2: You can also see, I noticed this time, um, after he falls down the stairs and he's just laying there with, like, his arms up and it's, like, close up on him, you can see that, like, all of the sealant on all the seams is, like, all kind of not great. Eroded. Yeah. And it's, like, you know it's real good
3: the thing i like about that song though is like the first time it hits the movie it's that very you know uh casio boom thap with just uh the quick Mm -hmm. notes but that like everything else in this movie evolves Mm -hmm. over time so by the time that they do hit the beach there's strings there's horns there's chaos and it just builds throughout the entire it's what they would do if they had the budget if they had the budget yes
0: (laughs) yeah yep exactly uh Steve uh, complaining about the dolphins. Son of a bitch, I'm sick of these dolphins. Of these dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> That's another one that you could just throw out there. And it, if people have seen the movie, they're going to get that line. And if not, they're just going to look like, yeah, like Ugh, you're a crazy person. What
3: is wrong with you? I will say, bless my girlfriend who had to sit down and watch this movie with me. She was unaware that I knew every line uh, during
0: every <laughs> scene.
3: So it was very, I could tell within the first like 10 minutes that, all right, you need to cool down, Philip, or she's going <laughs> to leave. <laughs> not just the room, but she's going to leave you. Uh, just so bless, bless her girl. heart for, uh, for dealing with my bullshit. <laughs> so
0: um, good. When they're when they're giving the, they cut to uh, them giving saying a few words over the pirate uh, before they're gonna mm-hmm. dump him overboard, <laughs> and then you you hear the boat and it's just like everybody's pointing and looking over it except for Klaus, and then Steve looks over and he's just holy shit, son of a bitch, cut. <laughs> <laughs> but klaus
3: gave the same bible quote to the pirate and to ned and mm-hmm. yes oh, God.
0: i mean and he already wrote me. it
3: he didn't get to yeah, do you the d- whole thing
1: right you know. <laughs> he's gonna finish it damn you it. don't
2: waste
3: content <laughs> oh, no you're right you're right they
0: and oh. they go down into the the oceanographic uh institute there uh the underwater one and they're getting ready to steal everything and then it's just all right everybody we got about 25 to 30 minutes before the coast guard gets here to arrest us that could be Steve Zissou or Bill Venkman could have said that same yeah. line. Like, oh, that's Pete Venkman. Pete yeah. Venkman, Steve Zissou, the, the, either sure.
2: one. It could just straight um, up be Bill, Bill Murray on, like, any given uh, yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, this, I mentioned this one earlier. Well, I was a little embarrassed at first. Obviously, people are going to think I'm a showboat and a little bit of a prick. But then I realized that's me. And it's that like that moment of like no i, I understand who i am but it doesn't change him he's he still does that that kind of stuff uh moving forward which i thought was great um again everything's content how are you shooting this picking wide open uh, light <laughs> five six Like That killed me because it was just the hand reaching in with the light meter and then going away. And then that that gag is done a second time later on where they're at the... He's like, how's everything looking? He just pushes the light meter out and kind of gives them the nod and then they go. I love that Um, so much.
2: Well, that and then when they're like all blindfolded and tied up by the pirates (laughs) and he's (laughs) like are you getting this and he's like "Well, how much
0: did you how, how's the coverage vikram but I he's as also much as I holding I could the camera they put the the
3: backwards camera. yeah <laughs> he's holding the camera backwards to make sure he can get as much as he can yeah now I mean, travis so i will i will <laughs> please go go ahead so he he's also in the darjeeling limited as well yeah. is he okay um as one of the more prominent characters and like he was good in this movie He's fantastic Mm -hmm. in Darjean. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Uh, I was going to
3: see the the part
2: after the Ned scene is actually where you as the audience think that maybe Steve did let Esteban die. (laughs) Because he's having the conversation with Eleanor and she's like, did his heart stop before you pulled him out? He's like,
0: well, yeah, but we got him started again. We got him going again.
2: We got him going again. (laughs) Fine
0: um let's see this i don't remember what this one was
3: nobody else got hit i'm the oh. only one what's the deal yep. that was a deal yep. I, yep. I just
0: played that one and then this, this was another one of those it's it, just a perfect moment can you hear the jack whale singing yes, yes. beautiful It's <laughs> like no that's the tugboat over there
3: <laughs> that's the oh. sludge tanker.
0: <laughs> yeah oh god, god.
2: There they are. Well, he's from Kentucky, you know. Yeah. Yeah, true. There's some pretty country out there?
0: Uh, and we got a we got a couple of uh of Hennessy uh moments mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um let's see. Uh this is just Jeff Goldblum. I love it. And I mean it's <laughs> just I love it. It's the way he says that. Uh, You're, uh what do you call it? A leopard? Le- leopard? jaguar shark. Leopard.
2: Jaguar shark.
0: that's and um <laughs> I just became a knight in Portugal. With... <laughs> like, just Jeff Goldblum being Jeff Goldblum is one of mm-hmm. my favorite things in movies. Period, and it's just the way mm-hmm. he delivers that. I just became a knight in, in Portugal because oh, uh, he got one of his. He got he got one of his new merit badges. Merit that, badges was, that was such coming? such, such good. a good exchange between him and Angelica Houston so too. Good.
3: I mean I know we said it but gosh darn man I love her so much
0: oh so good like I uh,
3: she was wonderful for for me personally like uh when I saw her a couple years ago in transparent the show Mm -hmm. on um I was blown away yeah blown away because like I've I've literally have since I was born have fell in love with her movies and each movie she gets just a little bit better and a little bit better And so to watch her on transparent, it was like just full evolution of just, there's nothing you can do. And I'm here for all of it.
0: (laughs) Yes. Uh, And final uh, Jeff Goldblum. uh, And this was, I love this because it's set up by him telling Steve, neither one of us were ever very good husbands.
3: Yes. Yes, this is my excuse as well. I have
0: a good excuse, I'm part gay supposedly which i
3: have is. used multiple times in my life <laughs> <laughs> he,
0: he says that to him and just i gotta play it one more time because it's just of course i have a good excuse i'm part gay supposedly everyone is
1: and then they just have
0: they said the little hug and then he just walks away he's his head's off down there and it's just it's so good <laughs>
2: Well, and it's so good because Steve the whole movie has been like, well, I always thought he was a closet case. Yeah. <laughs> like he's making whole, all these lines about his it his, like, like his all all of his like, you know, Hennessy youth boys. <laughs> <on his boat>. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to going to have to crew up from scratch next time. Jeez
3: Louise <laughs> Jojo Hennessy. Yes.
0: <laughs> the
3: Hennessy youth. Oh my <laughs> god.
0: So, yeah, uh, those those are my audio clips. I had one other really cool, uh, really interesting little um, uh, trivia bit that I, I just it laughed. And when I was watching through a second time, I noticed it was um, the one intern who uh-huh. is played by an actor who is actually Wes Anderson's like assistant. Yep. He
1: uh,
0: <laughs> when they're when they're doing their workout in the background, he he sprains his ankle. And you watch him, like, you watch his foot come down, and I watch it twist, and he goes down, and that's the shot they use in the movie, and I like the reasoning behind it, because he wore matching socks that day, which is apparently bad luck for him. Like, every other day, he would wear mismatched (laughs) socks, and the one day he wore matching socks, they did that shot, and he twisted his ankle, and that just cracked me up. Yeah, uh, this movie they... was
3: his first movie, and it like it kind of jump started this this kid's career. I remember. Yeah. I know this is really weird, but uh, I remember seeing him after that in this very strange Robin Williams family movie called RV. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. And and then I saw him again uh, in one of my favorite heartbreak movies that I put on when I want to feel sad and and just dive into it is Five Hundred Days of Summer. He's in that as well. And uh, yeah. I always enjoy him whenever I see him come around.
0: Yeah, and I think like this got started. He was just he was Wes Anderson's like production assistant basically, and this started his career in acting. He's done. He was Simon in the Alvin and the Chipmunks movies for public oh, like, reasons. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Five Hundred Days of Summer. Um, there's something else I've seen him in. Oh, he did a voice of Riddler in Batman: Assault on Arkham. That could um, be interesting.
3: Ah, interesting. Huh.
0: But it's just funny how some some careers start like that, where you just you just happen to be like an extra kind of joke character and you can build a career out of it. So yep. good on him. But I just thought that was hilarious that uh, the the story behind it is that he wore matching socks for the one time. I guess like his grandmother had told him that mis- uh, mismatched socks was good luck. Sure. So that he always I did that. I don't
2: mess with what grandma
3: says
0: no no you never mess with grandma wisdom
3: nope I uh um, was he was he on the outro run I I don't remember I, if if the intern number one was was on the I outro uh so. Nico I'm sorry ned yeah. corrected yes. us his name is nico. nico if if nico was on the um the buckaroo bonsai stolen outro run that was yes i'm pretty side. sure he is but i don't I want to say
0: so because he i mean he, as the one intern who stayed around as the one which intern was a, left. Yeah.
2: that was the great slaps him on the shoulder <laughs> oh god <laughs> god steve but
0: he's he's gonna give him an a though he's getting an a yeah. for his, at, <laughs> at university of north you, alaska but... <laughs>
2: I'm going to give you an
3: incomplete
0: (laughs) for the mutiny. (laughs) I can't believe I slept on this movie for almost 20 years too. I have no, I have no valid reason for it. This is right up my alley in terms of the kinds of like, because I like a lot of different movies. I don't fall into any specific categories, but stuff like this is great because it is not your normal movie fair it's not um you know kind of your hollywood action movies or your hollywood dramas or standard sort of comedies it's a little bit different than all of that because wes anderson's a little bit different than everybody and uh-huh. uh now that i've seen two of his movies i'm uh i'm going to say that uh he makes movies that i like and so well, i need to watch here, the rest here's, of them
3: now. here's the great thing and i would love to take a line out of this movie that uh this is an adventure and you're you're right right uh on on the uh, joseph campbell wheel you're you're right at stage two right mm-hmm. uh the call to action has happened um uh, and it's great because even though this is my favorite movie of all time it's most certainly not Wes Anderson's best movie and no. I, I'm excited it's up there I, Trav man I'm really excited uh to come back every so often as uh you me and Amy cover Wes Anderson so I can watch <laughs> you you know it's like watching uh, introducing uh, my favorite band to you know my kid right uh-huh. like I get to experience this this something that I love through the eyes of 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 a new perspective and it's going to be fun, man. I am excited. Like, I, I know I'm hijacking your show and just telling you that we're doing this now, but yeah. that we're doing this now. I'm sorry. Like you,
0: you open the door, it.
3: you open the door and like I'm missile kicking my way through it. I can't. Wait.
0: <laughs> well, and you know, you know how it is anytime you're so attached to something and you show it to somebody else or you let somebody else experience that there is that little bit of trepidation where you're like, are they going to like it or not? Did either of you worry oh, that dude. I wouldn't like this?
2: No, I know you. No, that. not at all. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I've been all there, right? right. I've been trying to push like neutral milk onto people, and they're like, "What the mm. hell is this dribble?" It's just like it's a masterpiece. You mispronounced masterpiece, <laughs> um, but no, dude, I I knew for a fact that like this was your mo, and that yeah. you were going to love because, dude, with you and movies, it's all about the writing, right? Mm-hmm. Um you you always look for good writing and you always love long panned out shots guess what buddy
0: we got a lot of them in
3: our future
0: i'm a sucker for both of those things
3: and i knew that like you love a good soundtrack that makes sense and has cohesion and like is used properly to bring out emotion and just it's gonna be fun i'm excited
0: well, no, good. I, I am excited too, and Kurt is in our chat, and he was saying he felt the same way about Twelve Angry Men. And watching that for the previous episode, I was blown away by how good that was. Like,
3: it was a really good episode. One. You too.
0: I I had a lot of fun with that because that movie. There was a lot to chew on in that movie, and I like I'm still processing and thinking about uh, a lot of the stuff in that in terms of like how I can use what was in that movie to help debate in my life in general. Because it's such there's so much you can learn from that. And I think from a storytelling standpoint and character standpoint, stuff like this works for that really well, too. I really loved the way you had characters that because characters don't have to go through a huge change to change and evolve. Steve isn't that different from the at the end of the movie than he is from the beginning. But there's enough that has changed and enough that he has gone through that there is some character growth there. And I like that. And you're right. I'm a sucker for good writing and I'm a sucker for these like composed shots and long takes. And there's something about that that hybrid of film and like stage play that I'm watching being filmed that is really interesting to me, that you just don't see. And you certainly don't see done as well as it was in this movie. And if this isn't his best, then I'm excited to watch some more. <laughs> so Ah, oh,
3: dude. So they bought that boat from South Africa and they had to sail it up to the Mediterranean and it got there Holy just crap. in time um for Darjeeling limited they just said the hell with it we're buying a train and then they <laughs> turn it into kind of like the Belafonte but yeah you know how the Belafonte is like a character mm-hmm. this train it's itself in Darjeeling also takes on the personification of a character and it's just <sighs> it's got my boy Jason which this movie is missing and uh it's good. Oh, Schwartz, yeah. Is
0: that I mean, Schwartzman? Yeah, oh, yeah, dude. Okay. All right. Because I liked him in Rushmore a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, mm-hmm. So mm, looking forward. I'm looking forward to all of these movies. Um, and thank, thank you, both of you, for badgering me and beating me down to finally get me to watch this movie. Because uh, I owe you for that. <laughs> it's all right. Time. We'll yeah.
3: send you a red cap and a Speedos in the mail. And, uh...
0: <laughs> Perfect. Um, Now, next week, I'm going in a slightly different direction. Uh, We're going to go back to 1991 and a fun little action movie called The Rocketeer. I'm going to (sighs) watch Catra, who used to be known as Ace, is coming back. We're going to talk because they've never seen it. And I love The Rocketeer. That's just like as a fun. This is this is how you make a family fun action movie. Based Heck off yeah. of a, a, pro, a product that, uh, you know, nobody's ever heard of before um, the, in the Rocketeer. Because I remember when this came out. Uh, so I'm super looking forward to that. And then after, after the Rocketeer, we are getting into August. Everyone knows what August means for this show. Yes. Cage of Palooza. Yes. Yeah. So lots of fun Nick Cage stuff going on, uh, including I will finally, finally get to watch Renfield. Uh, I have been... I've been avoiding everything to do with that since, uh, you know, JF, who's going to come on and talk. Cause he when when, when that movie came out, he immediately sent me a message. I'm and pretty said, sure I'm it was when
2: the trailer came out.
0: <laughs> he was like, I I'm claiming, I'm claiming Renfield for this year's cage of Palooza. I was like, fine. And then he went and watched it. So I, so I've had to wait. Um, but I'm also getting somebody to watch face off. And I can't wait for that. That's going to be fun. Cause that movie is bonkers as hell. Um, and so I just more. watched that so, recently
3: yeah oh
0: yeah you for did the first time you did.
3: yeah for the first time it was it was something
0: I <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't wait uh so that's that's coming up um but thank you both so much for being here this week I'm gonna start with Amy Amy let people know about uh stuff you're working on and where they can find it
3: we
2: just wrapped up season six of Aquilo um so you've now got a lot of hour is like over 55 hours, I think now of um, quality audio storytelling. Um, it's a lot. Um, and you can find that at equilo.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I have a bunch of things in the works. I just moved and I'm settling into my new space. But once that happens, a lot more stuff is going to happen. Uh, so you can follow me on all the social medias, all of them, probably. I'm active more on some than others, but Twitter, Instagram, uh, newly blue sky uh, threads, coffee. If you want to follow me there, cause I guess that's the thing I could post on. <laughs> I am literally <laughs> everywhere as Daniora, D-A-N-I-O-R-A.
0: Excellent. I just finished uh, listening to season six of Aquilo and I loved it. So excellent. Definitely, that's one of the, those story podcasts that I tell everybody about because it's just that good. You and JF kill it with that. And Phil, what about you? You're, you work on a bunch of different stuff.
3: Uh, I am the imaginary nomad on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram with a one. You can normally find me on Twitch Sunday nights playing uh, horror games because I hate them, but the community loves them. <clears throat> We're currently playing through Outlast Trials, which is uh, it's dreadful it literally is dreadful I don't like doing it I have you guys pay for the games for me to play and I hate doing it but here we go it's this like there's a, a viscera of pure terror that I can't produce unless I'm in this game like I, I love scary <laughs> movies I read horror novels but once these these game like once I get into LS Trials it's It's really, really rough. Um, So if that seems like your jam, find me on Twitch. Also, I'm a retro streamer uh, through the week, Mondays and Tuesdays. We're playing uh, Pokemon Red. Uh, We are tripping through the Pokedex as we go through all the different Pokemon games. I'm on Botched, the D&D podcast. It is an improv comedy show loosely draped in the rotting skin of 5 e D&D. We're finishing up season seven, which uh, was our cowboy season. And season eight will premiere down at Dragon Con in the Hilton main ballroom this year. Uh, we got the big room. Oh, wow. So come check us out at Dragon Con. Uh, we'll be doing SCP. If you don't know what that is, Google it like I did and dive into it. uh if you're not watching those for the days then you can come over to twitch.tv slash botch podcast on monday nights as we do botched films tomorrow if you're here live we are watching the 2022 american christmas action comedy film violent night so if that is up your jam you can come watch it with us and have fun if you like uh mystery science theater but want it done no we
2: no, we lost him
0: And you lost me. A, I'm back.
3: And back.
0: Maybe he's back.
3: back. I, I can see you. That was weird. You lost me. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I didn't lose <laughs> you guys at all. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you like mystery science theater but want it done shittily by people in Pennsylvania, uh, <laughs> check out Botch Films every Monday night at 8:30 p.m. Eastern.
0: Excellent. No puppets. Uh, definitely.
3: Just people wearing masks saying that they're okay when they're actually not.
0: <laughs> perfect thank you both so much for being here this was great it's it's always fun to get to do a show like this with some of my favorite people and then to get shown a brand new movie that i haven't seen and get that get get that turned back on me is 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 so much more fun um so thank you thank you so much and uh, we will definitely um we'll definitely be going through the rest of wes anderson's catalog and uh and the two of you have that um it's 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 one or both of you for each of those movies
3: it's all right man we i would love to co-parent if you're okay with (laughs) (laughs) it we can work out a schedule and and, and, and you know what um i'll be the stricter parent because uh, (laughs) i've got rules but (laughs) yeah
0: and and this show uh is live every sunday night 8 p.m eastern time right here twitch.tv slash tv's travis you can hang out in the chat Be like uh, Kurt uh, Catra. JF is in there. Um, And uh, it's always fun to have people in the live chat show comes out on Wednesdays, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, You can go, you can follow me on all the socials as TV's Travis. Uh, I'm not on blue sky yet though. I'm not, I'm not cool enough for that. Um, But everything else, on TV's Travis uh, or TV's Travis.com. You can find links to everything there links to my discord uh, and uh, things like merch. And there's a Patreon for this show, patreon.com forward slash wyhs or uh, a link through tvstravis.com and patrons get uh, special access to things on the discord channel the monthly um, movie catch-up nights and my upcoming video series will debut on patreon first and though there would probably be longer versions that are less cut up for uh, content uh, ID stuff on um, on YouTube so definitely check all that out Uh, and Come on back next week for The Rocketeer. I can't wait for that. That's just going to be super fun. So for Phil and for Amy, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Get out. Enjoy your movies. Stay home. Enjoy them. That's fine either way, Uh, but be excellent to each other. my espresso machine?
2: What, what is how, how did you get my espresso machine? Well
1: you uh, we fucking stole it man. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>